Sports Stance. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Sports Stance. I'm your host, Greg, and with me, as always, just like me, he probably went six to midnight on news that there's going to be a baseball season. It's Paul. Paul, how hey, you doing? <laughs> I am. I, I'm telling I'm so excited I didn't sleep. Oh, really? I think I hit the pillow. I didn't think about it at all. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, a lot of people probably haven't because, yes, every ba- diehard baseball fan's excited. But at the same time, you're kind of like, well, we knew at some point they were probably going to implement a season. Just when... And it should be more excitement, but it wasn't at the same time. It was very happy, but not that it makes was sense. a tough road to get there. That's for sure. Uh, you're telling me they dragged themselves through the mud back and forth a couple of times before they came up with something. Yep. That is true. So that is right, though. Baseball is back before we get into any of that, though, Paul. How are you doing? How was the visit from? The one set of grandkids, and now you have another set there. You're just like a grandparent motel at this point. We are. It's like a bed and breakfast. It is. Everybody's distancing, so one leaves, we delouse the house and (laughs) sanitize, and the next group comes in. Great visits. Loving it. Yeah, and you also are like, what, the birthday destination? You had a birthday last weekend. You have another birthday coming up this weekend. Not for yourself or your wife, for your visitors. It's really kind of like you're your own little— And that's what's important, right? I we guess. had a pink day on Sunday. It and wasn't Father's have, Day. It was Lily's birthday. And you're going to have a pink day on Saturday is my guess, too. I forget. I know what it is, but I'll have to think about it. I'm pretty sure you have a mid-30s woman who also loves pink just as much. Yes, but I don't think it's going to be pink. That's what you think. Yeah. I think <laughs> I do. I think pink pancakes are in the mix. Oh, pink pancakes, pink plates, pink napkins, pink cake. Pink everything. It was. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> it was. I, I enjoyed every second of it. Oh, That's I know what you my did. My life is. I know it is. Anyway, though, we are going to talk some baseball. Let's break it down a little bit more than just baseball's back because we're a sports podcast. It'd be weird if you're just like, hey, this sport's back. This one's doing crappy. That was the show. Good show. All right. Five minutes later, you're out. No, hey, I saw a couple of things on the schedules and they haven't finalized them yet. Is that true? They're still working on them? Logistics? I, I think probably some sort of logistics for different players and things like that. Overall, right now, what it is set for the most part in stone is 60-game season. July 1st is when they're trying to get the camps opened. So you have about three weeks to get ramped up for everything. And then July 23rd or 24th are going to be when the season starts. In 60 games in July, August, and September... Mm-hmm. With I think it's 60 games in 70 days, so teams will get 10 days total off. All right. I mean, it's basically, it's a normal schedule, I'm pretty sure. It's just, instead of traveling all over, you're playing 40 games against your in-division opponents. So the AL East, it'll be the Red Sox play the Yankees, Blue Jays, Rays, and Orioles each 10 times. And then I think they play outside of the division, but the teams near them, so like the Phillies the Mets, the NL East, essentially. You'll play 20 games against divvied up. That sounds good. It's fair. As long as they do it, you know, that's... Of course, it depends on how good your rivals are within your division. Yeah, the Red Sox basically 
have to worry about the Yankees. I mean, the Red Sox aren't a team that's going to be, I think, overly competitive this year. They have Chris Sale out with Tommy John surgery. They trade at Mookie Betts. So I don't, I don't expect much. I'll be pleasantly surprised if they do well. But at the same time, I'm not holding my breath, especially in a shortened season. All it takes is Xander Bogarts gets hurt out for 10 games. Those 5, 10 games change the whole season for you. But again, it also goes for everybody. The Yankees are without two of their starting pitchers. They have two guys that are hurt. So the AL East is kind of open up if pitching becomes an issue. Because all the teams can kind of hit, except the Orioles. The Orioles are just terrible. (laughs) I'm sure they're thrilled to hear that. Nobody's. If there is a Baltimore fan listening to this, make me an argument. I would love to hear why you think the Baltimore Orioles have any sort of chance to do well in baseball, even in a shortened season. They have a great park to watch a game, though. Yep, and nobody goes to it anymore. Yeah, I guess not. That they field were, is they were a team at one point. They were a contender. Yeah, when Cal Ripken was still there. So, 90s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even his end of career was not the best for winning. <laughs> Maybe they'll sell the franchise. Not going to happen. What base, no, most, most baseball owners don't end up selling, I feel like, until they're like super old and get pushed out. Is that what's happening to the Mets? No, I think the Wilpon brothers are just m- more greedy than anything, and I don't think they truly want to run a baseball team, and nobody likes them running the baseball team. Mets fans despise them. They'd be happy with A-Rod and J-Lo, and even I heard that potentially the founder of Barstool Sports might be a part of his financial team also that would be a part of it. So it's a a fun little world we're living in right now where basically any person with a lot of money could own a team. It's not just like these wealthy Wall Street businessmen anymore and oil rig owners and all these guys. It's former players, pop stars, a kind of sports, more entertainment type website now celebrity pizza eaters hey when when hot dog eaters when sports go to cable because they can mic up the players then they're going to have something yeah but that'll never networks happen. better be careful the best is the nfl doing the mic'd up ones that they show like on the nfl network at some point but after they can beep it up yeah. they, they record it and do it later right yeah you can never you're never going to get that type of coverage until you would have to pay for it, and nobody's going to want to pay that extra just to hear curses. You'd have to be yeah, truly a diehard fan to want to... Uh, you'll wait the week until somebody posts it on Twitter that you can watch it. Right. It's really all it comes down to. But anyway, so that's kind of how the divisions are going to work. So 40 games in division, 20 outside of against your regional okay. division. So makes sense. You're trying to cut down on the travel, potential exposure... That's going to be the big issue. So they do have two different injuries lists. They have the regular injured list, and then they have the COVID injured list, where one, you can designate like a 10-day return, and the other, it's basically open-ended. So like if you get it, you may not be back in 14 days. You may be back in a month. So we'll see. I mean, because if one guy gets it on your team, that's also these are the different factors for all these different sports leagues starting back up. If one person on the team gets it, how do you know nobody else has it? And if they all get it, 
what what does that team do? Do they just forfeit? Do they have? I guess a they have to get immediate squad? testing and consistent testing, right? Yeah, I'm sure guys are going to get tested almost probably daily. I would assume they'll get tested before each series starts. That would be my guess. I also don't know if you've heard, but they still have the blackout market rule in effect for baseball. No, what is So, like, you may, if you live in a certain areas, you may not actually get to watch your own home team games if it's in a blackout zone. Yep. And a That's lot crazy. of crazy. Well, a lot of fans are mad. Like, I think they said in Hawaii and Alaska in general, like, they're completely blocked out from West Coast games. And people are like, so, like, if they want to watch a game, they might have to watch the game on the East Coast if it's on and they can find it on a random channel where it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon for them. Can they live stream? I mean, people can buy and do all the different things, but, like, how we have the local station for Massachusetts, which is Nesson for the Red Sox, if your state doesn't have something like that, like, just until this year, Dodgers fans, I don't think, had a station actually locally to watch the games on. And then they agreed to it right before the pandemic hit. So people were thrilled, and then they were very sad. Do you think you'll be able to live stream like a local station? You must be able to. They must be online. I would think so. I guess you'd have to join or do whatever you have to do, but... Yeah, like, I don't know if you can with Nesson. I've never tried because I just have it on my TV. <laughs> yeah, they used to do, if the game doesn't sell out, it's not televised. They did that a lot. That was that was the well, thing. Was, that was mainly for football, especially. Yeah. That was big in football. But so they have that in fact. The biggest changes, the two big changes outside of obviously the season length and how that's going to work in the injured list and figuring that out. They have expanded rosters in the first few weeks. I think it's like 30 guys. Then it cuts down to 28th and 25 because honestly, they all know the first two, three weeks of the season are basically extended spring training. Like nobody's going to be ready in three weeks. It's just not going to happen. It's not right. viable think, to think pitchers yep. are going to be up to up to snuff, basically, to handle a workload. Yes, they have a 37% like season only they have to get through. So each guy's making 60 games. Each guy's making 15, not even 15 starts. Every guy's going to get between 10 and 12 starts if they stay healthy. So it's not like they even have to prepare for that long of a season. It's more so just getting your stuff and your form all in where it needs to be, your elbow, your shoulder, all of it right. So it's going to be – I don't think it's going to be pretty the first two weeks of the season. So you kind of need that extended roster to make sure, well, you know what? This guy was good in this spring training, but now that he's here, he probably can be sent down once we expand down to 28 and then three more guys to 25 where you have your normal 25 man roster then. Yeah. And I think they'll probably have a rule about call-ups for COVID. Yeah, I'm sure they will. I'm going to guess there's going to be a team. Teams are going to have to have minor leaguers stationed somewhere where they have access to a field or facility, but they don't go anywhere else. Like they have to be able to stay healthy enough that if they're needed, they can basically jump right in. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. So it it really is. And I mean, you know how hard some people try. And I'm thinking a lot of guys don't have their heart in this. They're going yeah. along as they have to. But at the same time, if you're one of those guys that this season your contract is up at the end, it's still a contract year for you. You're still playing to get that next year deal. Granted, the negotiations and the grievance that's going to be filed by the MLBPA aren't going to help anybody. 
like the damage that was done from these negotiations will be felt through the next few years and the CBA negotiations. Not good. Not good at all. And baseball had a black eye anyway because of, well, number one, the cheap thing going on, but then just not changing with the times and losing fan base. And they did this. So they have it back. They have an opportunity to come back swinging, no pun intended, and really make some changes and work together with the Players Association and get it right. Yeah. And like you said, they had the black eye from cheating. So let's not forget that we should still see plenty of beanballs aimed at the Astros because, you know, they are still cheating, lying scandals. And scandals? No, scoundrels. Scoundrels, I think, is actually the correct word there. Not scandals. They're not scandals players. It was a scandal. Now they're scoundrels. Now they're scoundrels. Scoundrels caused a scandal. They did. There you go. Tongue twisters. It's like a Mad Lib. (laughs) So um, I heard they're going to throw little garbage cans at the Astros, and at the Yankees, they're going to throw open envelopes. (laughs) See what I did there? Actually, do you think judges section in right field will actually have one live judge there that hits the gavel and goes, you have to open up these files? Oh, my goodness. I can't wait to see. (laughs) Well, the worst is the fact, like, it would have been a bleep on the radar if that came out, if the Yankees didn't make a statement saying that we think by opening this, it would be potentially harmful information to our franchise. Well, hello? (laughs) But, like, at the same time, if the judge just said, I'm opening this, and the Yankees came out with no statement or made a statement of, like, okay, nobody would have blinked at it. I think people would have been like, oh, this could be something, but the Yankees don't even seem concerned, so it's probably nothing, and then they'll forget about it. But now you just have everybody leading up to it. It's like how the It'll Red Sox fun. situation was. It'll be fun. People knew about the Red Sox stuff. They kept saying, oh, the case is closed. We figured it out. But then they took two months to reveal it. Right. So everybody thought way worse than what it was. They're doing it with the Yankees, too. So they'll either be on the money with what they think happened or they'll be disappointed. Yeah, like uh, Geraldo Rivera opening up that safe. (laughs) I don't think I was old enough to remember that. Well, yeah, he opened it. I know you've told me the story, but... (laughs) Pretty boring. Yeah. But anyway, so you have that situation going on. So besides the scandals, yep, it was not good. The whole situation wasn't good. But we at least get a universal DH to try out for a full, for a quote-unquote full season. 60 games, NL, AL, both get the DH now. I like it. Do you think the National League will want to keep it? Players want it. Yeah. Partly because, one, I think it helps solidify guys for the Hall of Fame like Edgar Martinez who got in but like guys like David Ortiz who will be coming up who basically their whole career was DH because when you think about it basically everything's based off of what you did as a hitter anyway so why you judge the DH differently I don't know but if it becomes a thing for both leagues I think it's better pitchers I think will then I actually think pitchers will stay healthier because it's one less different motion their body has to do and they can clearly focus on just pitching. I know there's pitchers that like to hit, but tough, I guess. You can maybe convince your coach to let you pinch hit sometimes. But in general, I like the rule. The baseball purists don't. I love baseball. I am a, I like to play by the unwritten rules, certain ones, but a lot of them I'm kind of like, well, let it go. But just have the DH. Give another guy an actual chance to hit the ball and not just put down a bunt or stare at three strikes. 
Because do you it's think ridiculous. it's important for a pitcher to feel like an idiot going out there to bat every day? And I know he doesn't feel like an idiot because they're protecting their shoulder, they're protecting their body. It, it, it's nonsense and it's potential to hurt somebody's career. Just move past it and give them the DH. Well, I think one of the biggest arguments has always been, not arguments, but one of the biggest thoughts I've always had also is, yes, I love baseball for the strategy of it all. I love the chess game managers have to play, especially in the National League. You always had to be like, oh, well, our reliever is coming up as the fourth guy at bat. If we have two guys on, do we pinch it for him? Do we leave him in? What do we do? Type of situation. I've always enjoyed that mindset of like trying to figure out what they might do. But at the same time, when you have these long extra inning games that extend 17, 18 innings, and you're potentially having your relief pitcher needing to get changed out for a position player, it makes it more likely you're going to see your backup shortstop on the mound at some point than it normally would, or you have to go in and get your starter for the next day out on the field, things like that. So this gives you a chance to extend your relievers into the game further, less chance of injury. Yes, there's still that chess game that has to be played, but it's not going to be as intense for the National League as it needs to be. So that's why I've also always kind of pushed wanting the DH universal. I just don't get, there's no point not to, in my mind. I get there was a time, it was the big difference between the American League and National League. Now it's a chance for guys to extend their careers and play another season or two when they can't play the field like they used to. I agree with it. I think... Um, maybe this this will just be that taste they need to, to give them the nudge. And then everything you just mentioned and, and that strategizing, can we put a clock to it? Yeah. Well, they do. I, they've made it like where you can only get a certain amount of mound visits and this and that. And the umpire will come out now and kind of be like, okay, you got to move things along. Let's go. So they are doing that. They have tried to speed up the games in different ways. But I think just in general, leave the Universal DH. Why not? I love it. The one rule change that I don't fully support staying is starting the extra innings with a man on second. I don't like it. Most most diehard baseball fans don't want to see this rule stay. I know they've tried it in the minor leagues. They've been pushing for it to try to speed up games so they don't go 17, 18, 19 innings. Because, obviously, guys, reliever is being used too much. But I just, I don't like it. I'm I don't like it based because on, they didn't say, earn it. Based on your face, it was going to say, I don't think you like it either. They didn't earn it. They absolutely didn't earn that base. So it's not part of the game. That's a made-up, hey, let's end the game. That's well, like yeah, throw game. That's a bunt, bunt the guy over to third and then hope for a pop fly or a ground ball somewhere where he gets home and then you get a run. Yeah, that's... I'd be better off if it was somebody that got to first. Like, if it was first base, fine. You still have to actually, like, get a hit or two. You can't just butt him over. He still may have to try to steal. Starting him at second, I don't like. I get for right now they want to How try to How about the bases? Put a man on every base. <laughs> <laughs> Screw it. Let's just put everybody everywhere. I'm telling you, right? <laughs> Paul, you may have just earned the nailed it of the week with that. <laughs> <laughs> nailed it. I don't even have to put in the sound effect. <laughs> I did my own. You did your own. Man, what can't you do? I can't do a lot of things. Well, that was that was a very negative response to that. Well, <laughs> a lot of things I don't want to do. You're supposed to be like, there's nothing I can't do. There's we nothing can do I won't whatever try. we want. Well, there's a few things I won't try. 
heights. That's it. Anything related to heights. I'm not. I won't go on a cruise. I feel like that's like more of a hygiene thing for you. That is 100% hygiene. Yeah. They don't clean hotel rooms. What do you think they're doing with those boats? Anyway. <laughs> anyway, yes. Yeah. We di- we always digress. So yeah, I I'm not a fan of the man on second. I get they want to speed up games. Who's on they- first? Ha. Anybody under the age of like 25 won't get that. That's sad. That's true. <laughs> oh. Anyway, so yeah, that's the rule. That's the baseball season. And Paul, with baseball season coming back, do you know what that means? It means beer in the backyard listening to baseball? Well, that too. But, you know, before we move on to our next thing outside of baseball, you got to remember, if you're going to start playing baseball, you got to start betting on baseball because that's just what we do. And when you do that, make sure you go to MyBookie because sports are coming back. And if you want to get in the action, MyBookie is the place to be. They're going to match your deposit up to $1,000 when you use the promo code 12 ounce sports that's one two oz sports when you sign up you don't want to miss your chance to cash that ticket maybe like you did with the belmont stakes during the nhl nba playoffs with the mlb returning you don't want to miss any of that use promo code again 12 ounce sports when you go to my bookie and sign up it looks like we have a special guest we do have a special guest and i want to ask him what he thinks about this man on second to start extra inning games all right, well, before he gives his answer, we have to introduce him. All right, let's let's introduce him. Go ahead, do your thing. He flew in. He just he didn't birth a baby, but he just had a baby. If he birthed a baby, he might be looking in worse condition. <laughs> but it's Joe. You may remember Joe. He was the owner of Brady's Bunch, fantasy football elite squad that didn't win a championship, just like Tom Brady may not in Tampa Bay. Who knows? But Joe, give your thoughts. Man on second, are you nay or yay? My first question is, who's on first? Oh, my God. Apple tree. Over 25. (laughs) I just said that. Oh, my gosh. This is why we can't leave the studio door open. You know what, Greg? I've got to say, I like the concept of starting a man on second base. It'll speed up the extra innings. It's similar to the college football rule of overtime and how I – Kind of think that the NFL should take some notes from that as well. Yeah, no. You're you're by yourself. The, the apple falls See, farther I, I, from the tree. Sports is all about the record, right? Baseball is all about the record book. Yep. And nobody earned that base. What are you going to put? He got there. He got a run. He didn't earn. Exactly. I don't know. How do you, you got to have a whole line? The relief pitcher has to have a whole different ERA, I feel like, if that's the case. Because it's not an earned run against him. That was just a guy that was already there. He was allowed to be there. He didn't put them there. Right. Well, maybe there's a, a, a compromise. Because you look at it in the way a hockey shootout. When that was first introduced, I don't know, maybe it was sooner than I think. I'm sure that there were similar thoughts. and That's not part of the game. They've got to earn that goal. And now everyone wants to see the shootout. And then, I mean, they've pushed it further on. They have overtime, and then they've got the shootout. But A man on second is not as exciting as a shootout. Give me a home run derby in extra innings then. Maybe they should tie well, all the outfielders' cleats together. <laughs> Clearly you're in a boat by yourself, Joe. <laughs> well, you, have I, two, I, you have the two diehards over here saying no. <laughs> I don't know. I just There's better ways to speed up a baseball game. There I are. I look at it so much. I know it's speeding up the game because you, once you're through nine innings, I think it's keeping the – and not that I disagree with it, the 22-inning games, you know, that's not a bad thing. 
No, that's not, I think, fun when you wake up and you're like, the game is still going? Right. <laughs> I wonder who won. Nobody How long have I been sleeping on this couch? Right. They have the yump pitching. <laughs> oh, the apple fell far from the tree on that one, Paul. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Joe, for coming all the way down to the studio. Good seeing you guys. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for all the right. quick. That's called a drop in. <laughs> a drop in a drop in but yeah probably good that joe got away for the next topic because we're gonna get a little heavier on here because why not we're gonna why? talk about what happened this last past week in nascar if you haven't heard you've been living under a rock because it's just been everywhere bubble wallace nascar came out saying somebody had hung a noose in his garage which it's not the to clarify, it's not specifically his garage. It's a sign to the racers as they get there. The garage he happened to be in had a noose hanging in it. There was a whole investigation done. On Monday, NASCAR did a together thing with him. His owner of his car that he drives, Tom, not Tom Petty. I keep saying Tom Petty. Richard Petty. It'd be creepy if Tom Petty showed up from the grave. But I guess he won't back down. <laughs> See what I did there? All right. Do the lyric. <laughs> Richard Petty showed up to support his driver. The whole family of NASCAR supported him. Then it came out on Tuesday that was not a hate crime, was nothing. The noose had been there in that garage since last year, at least, according to the FBI. So then, of course, the backlash comes. Why did he do this? I can't believe he would say it. it's just another hoax. I get it. Paul, when you first heard this, one, did you believe it? right away that this was a hate crime or did you kind of have to wait and see to see what came out from the investigation and do you think Bubba Wallace had any part of this making it a bigger deal than what it was or do you think he and NASCAR acted appropriately I guess I should say I think they acted appropriately very and they, question. I, I know I, I it's, it's I think they acted appropriately because they took it serious number one yes. um, apparently it had been there for months and hadn't been seen uh, totally in horrible taste, no matter what. If it wasn't a hate crime, it's stupid, and I don't like that word, and it's a pretty strong word, but what idiot does that and and thinks it's funny? So there had to be some pretty bad intent, whoever put it there. Now, if it's been there since October, uh, whenever they said it was, is it pointed at him, or is it pointed at maybe anybody else that, his access? I don't know. But it needed to be taken serious. And I don't know. I think in this day and age, blowing it out of proportion is not, I don't think it's blown out of proportion. There's bad things going on in the world. Media gets hold of it. And and NASCAR did what they needed to do. Final outcome? What happened? What What's what's the final yeah. outcome? Apology? Yeah, no harm. There was really no harm, no foul, because there was never a scapegoat. There was never somebody they pushed under being like, this person did it. They had to have done it. It's a hate crime and tear their name through the mud. All they said was, we're going to do an investigation. What the situation was, NASCAR, one, had to take it so seriously because Bubba Wallace didn't report it. He was told by NASCAR somebody had found it in the garage, and he took them at their word that they believed it may have been a hate crime. So when he's asked about it for the news interviews and things like that, of course he's going to feed into it because it's just natural instinct people are going to do that especially with everything going on right now with the black lives matter movements 
the fact that two weeks ago he was one of the main people to help NASCAR with the whole banning of the Confederacy flag. Like he was the main face of, he's one of the reasons why we believe this should be changed because the Confederacy flag does have a negative annotation with it. So you don't want to have that involved. So, and people, people reacted to that negatively. So there is plenty of reason to clearly think this was a targeted thing at him. And yeah, he ran with it. Of course he did. Who wouldn't in that situation? NASCAR ran with it. They had the whole together thing, like we said on Monday. It comes out. The thing that bothered me was everybody saying it's a hoax. Like this wasn't even exist. How did they not know what that was? I've seen it a hundred times. Listen, everybody's a little more heightened, I think, awareness of different things. This may have been in the garage since last October. Most people probably don't look at it in a negative way, seeing just a rope tied up. In their mind, it's just a rope tied up for the garage pull. Like, it's nothing in most people's minds. But when a black NASCAR driver is assigned that garage, who had just helped be one of the main faces of getting the Confederacy flag taken away from the NASCAR, like, fairgrounds, like, in the races, everything, and somebody walks by and sees in his garage that hanging it's going to click a little different because you're going to be like, that kind of looks like, is that is that a noose? Like, I got to tell NASCAR about this because this could be a big, bad situation if he's getting some sort of threat. NASCAR took it. They told him about it. He never saw it himself. NASCAR today, or yesterday, today, released a picture of it. It clearly looks like a noose. Oh, yeah. 100%. It you don't look like at it and say it looks like a balled up piece of rope. It's yeah. a noose. And, like, I get it. You can say, hey, you know, it's just a piece of rope. Some people tie it that way. And yeah, they do. But it's just in the situation you thought worst case scenario. And you probably in that situation should because you got to make sure. Should they have announced it? Maybe. Maybe not. Should they have told the public and media about it? Maybe not. I mean, that's in, up, for, in this day it's and up age, for debate. In this day and age, it's coming out one way or another. Yeah, so and then you don't want to look that. I think yeah, that's you, probably right. So... I don't think you can say anything about Bubba Wallace. I mean, he's handled handled the whole situation, I think, as good as you could have, thinking that there may have been a hate crime against you. And all the people that now afterwards that are showing pictures of, like, their electrical cords and things wrapped up saying, look, I found the news, too. Like, just stop. I know. Stop being dumb. Stop being an idiot. This isn't some. He wasn't doing this to, you know, maliciously attack any specific person. He was just notified about it, and he spoke on it as if it were a thing until proven falsely. And who knows? And yet, Nobody's ever going to know. Yeah. And just in general, it's just one of those situations. Everybody's a little more heightened sensitivity around all these things right now. That's just how it is. I'd rather things be blown way out of proportion and I have to backtrack as long as you're not tearing somebody's name through the mud that shouldn't be. Like, literally zero people were hurt by this situation after it was proved false. Like, there was not one person throughout the whole thing that you pointed to and was like, their career's done, this is over, all this and that, because of what could have potentially been considered a hate crime. And and it, it actually serves as a very good awareness lesson. What are you thinking? End of story. Just don't. Don't yeah. do it. Yeah. And I mean, 
hopefully now guys will maybe be a little more conscious about the type of rope they're tying. Because <laughs> again, I'm guessing when it was tied, it was not tied with any sort of malicious intent. I'm guessing it was just tied because they were like, oh, this is a strong way to tie a rope, and I'm going to pull my garage down using that way. Like, Boy Scouts, people learn those type of knots. Like, yeah. th- that's uh, how it is. I, yeah, probably, but eh. Because it's not, an, it's not again, it wasn't an assigned, it's not like that's always his garage when he goes and drives a Talladega. <laughs> they don't have a push-button garage. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, I think it's like for different types. I think they have like more than one layer. Yeah. So I think it's like depending on the type of layer. I'm not sure though. I've never been in a NASCAR pit garage area, so I, I really can't speak on that. So you are talking about a sport that is probably right up there with tennis on my list. Of sports you just don't watch. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I do I give them credit for they have been trying to make changes in that realm of trying to make sure they're not just basically the stereotype has always been southern redneck kind of racist people. But I mean, they're not. I've met many NASCAR fans that you would never know by looking at them that they are a NASCAR fan and they love it. And NASCAR, I think, is trying to get more of that base to be recognized and get away from the stereotype. And obviously, the Confederacy flag was one of the steps they took to work with that. And then obviously, making sure they didn't ignore this report and not support, again... You 100% not ignore something like that. I I believe he's the only NASCAR driver that is black. I don't think there's another one, at least currently. I know there's other guys who race who aren't white, but I just don't know what nationalities they are. But like I think like Pablo Montoya, guys like that. But again, with everything going on, you don't look at it that way. You just no. they're a race car driver. Yeah. So honest to God, I, I just people get too involved in things. Yeah. <laughs> they, they worry about stuff they shouldn't even be thinking about. Again, also if. If you're really that brokenhearted about a Confederacy flag that was basically around, it was a thing around for five years when it was, and they ended up losing. Do you really want to be known as a supporter of second place and not first? <laughs> My history buff. Yeah, like, hey, you know who I like? The guys that don't win. <laughs> I'm gonna hang their flag. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna roll with those guys. What do you think they were about? That's equivalent to an, a, a participation trophy. I do have to question. What do they do with the General Lee car? They might have to ban the movie. No, not the movie, but like the car in general. Well, like, I was thinking of is it still like a, No, I know, but is it still like a cool car? I, I still kind of like the car. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be driving it behind the wheel. I guess, but... Those are like the little things that you think about when you think about like things that show the Confederate flag. Anyway, so back to the main subject. So overall, I think we both agreed that NASCAR handled this probably as best they could and was better to overblow it. And, you know, as Bubba Wallace did speak on it as if it were a thing until the FBI said, no, it wasn't. But still, at least then he was able to put a message out there get more support for Black Lives Movement and just in general, also get his face out there because as much as 
you don't want to see his face out there for a reason like this of a potential hate crime, it does show a different fan base or a different group of people. Hey, there's somebody in NASCAR that looks like me. Yep. Or that, you know, isn't just... NASCAR supported them. Or isn't just one, like, Jimmy Johnson and, like, I know one name. <laughs> like, I know the Bush brothers. Like, at least now I know another guy that I can support. And look, he supports the things I'm supporting. Like, it's as bad of a PR it is the fact that it was so overblown. It's good PR still. It's overall a very positive thing. In the media of doing the right thing. Yeah. The worst thing they could have done is nothing. Especially, and then it end up being something. Yep. That would have been the worst thing. That actually would have been worse if it was like all fully planned out by him. That would have been probably the worst situation, but it wasn't. So luckily, everything's good there. And like we said, nobody's name got dragged through the mud, and that's really kind of also the important factor. Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe that, and I, I hope somebody is um... – if, if if it was done with malicious intent, they have to live with themselves, I guess, and they probably have no problem with that. But yeah. Overall, I though, I would assume I'm gonna give I'm gonna give hopefully 99% sure that my guess is it wasn't when Agreed. it happened. Yeah. So we'll stick with that though. Anyway, moving on from that fun heavy topic to another fun topic of should the PGA just completely cancel and reset everything because they've had caddies now test positive, golfers pe- test positive? Because, I mean, at some point, you feel like you're going to have to shut down anyway if a bunch of guys keep getting it. So you're in a sport where nobody's near each other, right? Yeah. And people are getting it. I'm guessing the caddies get it because the caddies are all hanging out in the beginning and they're not social distancing. Well, not only that. Golf doesn't have the rule. Like, it's not like the NBA where they're going to go into a bubble. Everybody, once the tournament's over, goes back home for a few days and then gets ready to go to the next one. Yep. So you have that issue. You're not having guys that are going to be technically social distancing when they're home. So, like, for example, for the Travelers Championship this weekend, Brooks Kepka and Graham McDowell both had to withdraw two known names because their caddies tested positive. So not only... Are you losing top golfers because just their caddies are getting it? You also have some golfers who are just getting it. But like, if you're going to have a combination of caddies and players of a bunch of different people, either going to have to start mixing and matching caddies and players who don't know how to work with each other, or you got to put a pause on the season. My guess is put a pause on it. Two weeks. But they're not all going to stay home. They're all going to show up again. Yeah, but if you at least if you do the two week quarantine and hopefully make everybody hopefully follow the rules, then you have to figure out something, or you have everybody kind of do a bubble situation where you find an area probably in Florida is my guess would be the easiest where they have a bunch of different courses, probably within a certain range that are PGA certified type, and you just kind of do a round robin of. You play one of them each week and then start over the next month with the same one that you started the first month with. And you just have your tournaments there. And yeah, guys probably will get lower scores than normal if they keep playing the courses, but you at least have a season and potentially less chance of infection. Yeah, I think golf is one you could do without. Probably. Because 
I, you know, the tournaments, the money's being made on the sponsorships and everything else. And people are going to watch TV. People are going to watch the tournaments. But if you play the same course every single time, I don't know. And they're still not going to, if they don't social distance every single person in their family, you got issues. Yeah. Well, exactly. One thing that has come out of this, at least according to Jordan Spieth, is he believes it is easier to win with no fans involved at all. My guess is you could also probably add to that less top golfers who are pulling because of people getting the virus. But do you think if you say you were a professional golfer? Yep. I'm actually surprised you didn't laugh about that. (laughs) Me being a professional golfer? I'm a professional golf ball finder in the woods. You're a professional. I've never seen that shot. And it's usually because the shot goes somehow behind us. (laughs) Yeah. Can you go backwards on a course? I know one man who has. <laughs> yes. I almost hit the people on the hole <laughs> behind us. But so imagine you're a professional golfer. Do you think you'd be somebody that thrives more so off the fans being there and the energy they provide and like you're being watched so you're like you need to perform at the top level? Or do you think you'd be better off? Nobody's there. It's kind of like a practice round for you. So you're kind of more relaxed and all that in that situation. I think that's going to be the individual. Some people are driven by that adrenaline. I, I, would I be better? I'd be better if nobody was there. You'd be better. You'd be better if there were protective screens. If it was just me. And there was a tube for my ball. Excuse me, sir. What are you doing? Oh no, this is a special device for my golf game. I put it into this tube. It goes down the hole and it goes into the hole. It's like the thing at the the pneumatic tube at the at the bank. It's gonna suck my golf ball all the way to the hole. See what I did there? What a dramatic pause! <laughs> I was gonna say, what type of bank are you going to? <laughs> we could go on with this forever, so I'll stop. Good. All right, good. I think I personally would actually rather the fans be there if I was a professional golfer. I am that person that likes the energy. I like the. I even enjoyed it when I was a kid, like playing in front of like your parents at the gym, like just they'd get excited and it would make you just feel like a little more like cool and special and get you a little more adrenaline going. I think that would benefit me. Also, if I'm playing for big money, I don't want to like do it in front of nobody. I want people to know that I'm winning big money that I can turn to and be like, that putt just made me 50 grand. That's ego. Yeah. (laughs) We talked about this last week. We have athletes with ego. I want walk-off home runs where I get the glory and then my teammates welcome me at home. That's exactly the same situation. Well, I think, I guess I don't want anyone watching me. And, you know, you've got that personality. You want, you are the mayor of whatever you do and everybody is attracted to you. So that's good. I don't want anyone to watch me golf. You're right. I have to, I have to hit people away like they're flies. It's embarrassing. Well, when you and I golf, we golf together in the foursome, and the other two, you know, if we're splitting a cup, because we're not allowed to laugh when we play with anybody else. And no, we're in the we're in our cart listening to ACDC, and they're in the cart going like, "I think you moved your ball. I swear you moved it. You didn't. You def, you that's a stroke. I think you have to have a penalty. We find our ball next to a tree, and we have our foot accidentally hit it, and we're like, "Oh, the wind must have taken that back into the fairway of that." It must weird. be a worm. Yeah, or a gopher. Did you see that chipmunk just carrying my ball right to the green? It's crazy. What did you What did you hit? What did you just find? Uh, a titleist. 
totally was hitting a title. Didn't hit a top flight off the tee. Well, the highest score you can, you have to pick up your ball if you double par, right? So I just put double par on every hole. And Depend, depending on who you play with. Some people yeah. make you actually put your true score. Oof. We call those people dicks. They in a sports store. Yeah, exactly. But a bomb. <laughs> but so yeah, we're we're in disagreement there. I would want the fans. You want it. I understand both perspectives. I get it. Maybe for somebody like Jordan Spieth, you might as a professional like the quiet. You might not miss the guy shouting mashed potatoes when you go to swing. I like the idea of the fans. Now you said if I was a golf pro. Yeah. I mean. It's a tournament. You gotta have fans. I mean, this is weird watching them. But it is. it's you know, I I don't think sports will as we know it will continue with nobody at the event. True. By the way, speaking of watching, Paul, Twelve on Sports is your home for the best live talk shows and sports broadcasts. You know you can catch my show and all others on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, but now you can also watch it live on Zingo TV. Not us, because we're a podcast, but everybody else on 12 on Sports. Zingo TV is out of 12 on Sports. There are a long list of channels. And now if you're on your smart TV, just download the app, flip it to channel 761, and catch all of our live 12 on Sports programming plus replays. All you got to do is download Zingo TV and use the promo code 12 ounce. It's even shorter than my bookie. It's just 120Z. And you'll be on your way to catching all the great shows 12 ounce has to offer on Zingo TV. Very good. I think that uh, we need another channel to watch sports on. <laughs> we do. Zingo Absolutely. TV. Zingo this TV is, is actually the, pretty this good. This is highlights and stuff people want to see. Yeah. Zingo TV. Putting 12 on sports. Yeah, yeah, they got hockey. Tons of hockey on there, actually. Guys that talk about it. Want to know our hockey talk? Joe did it for us earlier when he mentioned hockey shootouts. Yes, that's all I want to talk about. I only <laughs> want to watch playoffs. I want to watch the end of the game. Hockey games could be two minutes long. Yeah, they could. You could say that about basketball, too. That's yeah, true. You could say it about basketball, too. I think they anyway, have two or three speaking, innings off of baseball. Yeah, speaking of the NHL, because, well, they have guys testing positive for COVID. The NBA also does, too. Oh, boy. So, which leads to the question, do we think the NBA bubble can actually work now that we know guys like Nikola Djokic – Tested positive. He has to wait two weeks to come back. I think he's like in Serbia right now. So how he's even getting back, I have no idea. Private jet. Probably. But do you think the bubble will work? Because we already have guys also pulling out of the restart of the season. All for very different reasons, mainly family reasons. You have guys like Trevor Ariza, who's choosing a one-month visitation with his 12-year-old son over rejoining the restart. He was on the Blazers, a team most likely not winning the championship. And then you had Avery Bradley, who's on the Lakers, who are a very high contender for the championship, who's not because he has a son who has respiratory issues and he doesn't want to chance him, one, not being allowed into the bubble, and two, potentially being exposed if he is inside where he feels he has a better chance of him being home with him to take care of him, which I I totally get. I am – anybody has that type of reasoning – I'm right there supporting them 100%. And anybody that thinks they're being selfish is out of their minds. I think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. I totally think if you're a player that's not joining the restart, you, that is your right. If you gave a ridiculous like type reason where you're like, they're not going to serve my favorite food, I'd probably judge you. But guys that haven't have either been for family reasons 
or it's pending free agents on a team that doesn't have a chance to make the championship or even the playoffs. There's basically one of the teams there for the eight games and has an injury history. Like there's a guy for the Washington Wizards who had two ACL surgeries. He's not going to restart because he basically knows I'm playing eight games for what? People know what I can do. I'd rather enter free agency and not potentially be hurt. Makes sense. So we'll see. So you overall, to me, your career's over. Yes. Overall, with that news and the fact that guys are already getting it, and this is supposed to start up in like a month or so, do you think the bubble will actually work, or do you think at some point it's going to fail? There's no way to police the bubble, and I see a lot of guys going down. See, I think the bubble will work once they're all in there because, granted, while it's not an actual bubble, that's just what it's being called. I mean, who knows? We could, You could get video of like LeBron James actually inside a bubble to protect himself because, well, if somebody needs to be protected and inside a bubble, it's LeBron James and like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Protect the big stars. <laughs> but So they have to be in there for two weeks before they can see each other? Are they going to quarantine when they get there? I don't know gonna how test. it's going to work. Probably I think they're going to get tested. I think they're going to kind of, they're going to just basically get tested. If you don't have it when you first enter, they're going to assume that you're good. Then everybody's supposed to social distance. You can't visit rooms. You can only see each other like golfing, but you have to keep your social distance there. Guys can't be within six feet of each other, like hanging out even. So like they're going to try to do as best they can. That's why they have the snitch line. But we'll see. Yes, the snitch line. We talked about it last week. Guys can call in and be like, so-and-so wasn't abiding by the rules. What the punishment would be, I have no idea, because it's not like you can be like, I saw LeBron James and uh, uh, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, I know they're both on the top two teams in the conference, and I'm on the third best team. But I saw them mingling together closer than six feet. I don't think they should be allowed to play in the next round. (laughs) Like, there has to be some sort of... concept, right? It's like... It's kind of like an interesting of how are they going to get punished because it's not like you're going to be like, you can't play. If you don't have the, if you have the virus, that's one thing. If you don't have the virus, the punishment is going to have to be like financial, I guess. How are you going to enforce it? I don't know. Someone will have video. They'll use their iPhone and ruin somebody. Probably. But I overall, I think it's more so I want to believe the bubble will work. I hope it does. I'm not sure if it will work, but I feel like if everybody kind of abides to it, if everybody goes into this not testing positive, because they're not going to have anywhere to go. Everything is going to be within the, the staff is the only thing you have to worry about. And I think they're getting tested daily when they come in. So temperature. The whole yeah, thing. all that whole stuff. So as long as they're fine. Hopefully, it's really the asymptomatic type player that you got to hope it gets caught as it's in him if he's entering. Well, as they say, 80% of the cases came from 20% of the people that were asymptomatic. So So, it's just a matter of that. So the positivity, the glass half full type of me wants to see the bubble work. I want to believe the bubble will work. Again, if it doesn't seem like it's going to. Just put them all in bubbles like I wanted to for the NFL Pro Bowl or whatever it was, and that'll protect them. Would you? You just can't play games with the bubbles. They must have a plan in case it implodes on them. Well, I think the plan if it implodes on them is, okay, season's over. There's no champion this year. 
Well, I guess that would be the plan. That's going to be the issue with the NHL too. And I actually think the NHL has more cases of people testing positive than NBA or other sports. So we will see what the NHL does, but we're not going to get into it because Joe's talked enough about hockey. He took up like a whole minute Eight about seconds. the shootout. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> good, good, clear thinking on that one. We're right on that. We, good thing we had him on as a guest because we almost didn't have that topic covered. Oh boy, we had NASCAR, and I said the word tennis. <laughs> yeah, we're we're good, pretty covered. We meet like if we talked about the NHL, we wouldn't have time for our final topic, which is not sports related at all. All right, let's. And how this. and how would we have gotten through that? <laughs> well, we we always like the final topic. Well, you always like the final topic because usually you get into some sort of story. All right. Let's see if I can do it without a story. It's not going to be possible. So it's start bench cut. And sometimes we do sports related things. But this time we've we've done a lot of virus and racism and heavy story. Heavy show. Not not uplifting type things for the most part. I mean, obviously it was good. There was no hate crime, obviously. And right now. Sports looks to be coming back, so we'll see. It's all positive to an extent. But it's the summer. You're at home. What are you going to do when you're hanging at home, especially if you have a pool? Probably going to have a drink. Maybe, maybe two. Maybe. maybe seven. Never know. No, Don't know where the day's going to take you. But when it's hot out, like it has been around here finally, you might want something a little cooler, a little more refreshing, maybe something frozen. Ooh. So we're going to do three frozen summer drinks start bench cut now i will preface this with paul there will be no back medicine mentioned okay that is not a known it's custom it's a custom order that is not a known frozen drink it's it's, it's a family secret it is let's just say it involves one alcohol and other stuff yeah well mostly alcohol and blend it yeah so then you can't taste that large amount of alcohol true oh i can tell then after a few you forget there was a large amount of alcohol in it at all a few (laughs) two of those is enough back in the day you know when we were all younger that's right i can barely get through one before you had grandkids it's what led to grandkids possibly (laughs) all right anyway so we have the three classic type of frozen summer drinks. We have daiquiris, pina coladas, and frozen margaritas. What are you starting with? What are you beeping with? That'd be benching. I heard that ding. I don't know what it was. And cutting. I don't know if it was I that. Who knows? I am cutting the pina colada. I like how you're going with the cut first. I am cutting the pina colada, and I have no qualms. I don't want coconut in my drink. No qualms. Okay. Nope. Nope. Don't like it. Now. You don't even want one in your hand when like it's like, if you like pina coladas and you're like, I got one. Nope. Nothing. I like the song. Don't like the drink. <laughs> I'm going to sing. If you like Budweiser BR. Oop, I said a name. I'm sorry. Um, here well, is it's like a million dollars at least for that free ad. I am going to tell you that I would keep the daiquiri. You know what that doesn't I am benching. Me. I am benching the margarita. Now is that because 
you prefer the taste of a daiquiri or is it you just don't like tequila as much? I don't like salt on my glass. And you can I make it without the salt. I know, but I don't want to. That's not. Oh. <laughs> I, I want my salt for benches. I would do sugar on my strawberry margarita. Well, that's not shocking. I, do, I think a daiquiri, and then I'm benching. So what did you think I'd do? Uh, I mean, I kind of thought you were going to have daiquiri, then pina colada, and then I thought you were going to cut the frozen margarita because I know you're not a huge tequila guy. I just didn't realize you liked coconut less. Oh, I like, you co- like coconut less. pie, I thought. I would eat coconut custard pie. I like coconut macaroons, but so I don't why. like when somebody puts pie in my drink. Oh, okay. It's one of those things. It's one. You know I get quirky with my food. I can eat yeah. almost anything, but not together. <laughs> can eat almost anything, but not together. Don't touch. Paul, what are you I eating? Dividers on my plate. <laughs> what are you eating over there? Oh, it's a sandwich. Why is your bread, lettuce, tomato, meat, all everything sandwiches. all in separate sections? I do me, you do you, okay? Freak. <laughs> well, I have issues with food. Well, I know. It's been documented on this podcast. And 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 my drinks. <laughs> can only mix certain things. Alcohol and certain things can only be mixed. I, it's true. I'm surprised. I kind of really thought you were going to have pina colada at least. Top two. Th- Could I drink one? If there was nothing else, yes. <laughs> if somebody handed if me I one, I wouldn't to say no. If I went to a wedding and the theme was tropical and they only had pina coladas, I'd be drinking a pina colada. If I went to a wedding and their only drink was pina coladas for tropical theme, I would be highly disappointed. I keep Miami Vices, daiquiris, they should have a lot of options. They should. Anyway, my choice is I would be going frozen margarita number one. I like tequila. So, I mean, why not? Then, see, I don't mind daiquiris, but I feel like if I'm going to go with a frozen fun drink i'm gonna go with the pina colada do you want an umbrella i do i'm a man that likes a girly drink once in a while and i'm not ashamed every time we go to that i won't mention the name restaurant in boston you get a girly drink no i get a drink that has like bourbon or scotch in it and then it comes out and it's very girly looking and i don't (laughs) understand it well i one time ordered a drink and it was like it has bullet bourbon in it and it was like mixed with yes yeah, some sort of like fruity like it mixture. almost seemed like it would come out in like a clay pot it was going to be masculine yeah and it came out in the girliest glass possible and it was delicious she chuckled when she put it in front of you <laughs> yeah it was delicious though and i'm i'm a very confident man well i wish i could drink some of those fun drinks and see what they taste like but you know i'll stick with my limited resources you know, oh, I always like my scotch. Pardon? Well, I can make you plenty of these fun drinks. What's stopping you? Well, it's a little thing called a pandemic. Well, <laughs> when you check into the bed <laughs> and breakfast, you can make them for me. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know if you've heard of it. That was funny. <laughs> kind of, kind of messing with the country. <laughs> you got all kinds of things going on where you live. You have the town exploding. you got pandemics. <laughs> the pandemic's more of a broad thing. Not it's not really specific to my town. Yeah, well, it still impacts you. My town did almost blow up though. That was fun after like mo- living here for a few months. Oh my gosh, that was but, bad. Uh, 
All right, so I have a frozen margarita, because, you know, tequila. Pina coladas, because I love getting caught in the rain. And then daiquiris. You have it basically the complete opposite, just you flip-flop the bench with, you got a margarita on your bench and a colada in the trash. Yeah, the pina colada. If it was there and there was water beside it, I'd take water. (laughs) Wow. I don't think I knew you had such a hatred for pina coladas. I don't really like it at all. I, like, that is that's surprising in the most unsurprising way, I guess. I feel like. By the way, we have talked about this longer than I think we have in right. the NBA. All right, I it, it's I find, a serious no, I find topic. That amusing. It is. It's a, it's a very serious topic. So serious everybody topic knows, don't eat pina coladas when you invite me over. And the other thing I can tell you not to have is mint juleps. Who, who the, oh yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Everybody does it for the derby, and it's just I gross. Drink, I would drink one at a derby party. But then I'll just drink the bourbon that it was supposed to go into it. <laughs> right? Give, give, me give me the bourbon, bourbon. the rocks. Give me straight up. I don't care. Just don't put anything else in it. Say, don't, don't even just give me the bottle. Mint just, belongs in a mint in a in a, a candy Period. Mint can go in a mojito. I don't even want that. I don't want weeds in my drink. <laughs> weeds in my drink. I don't want them in my rolling papers. Am I right, Paul? I agree. There you go. I think we should end on that note. All right. We're getting down a bad road. We're rolling papers. Oh, yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. That and the show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Paul, as always, it's always a fun time, and you just never know how the show is going to end. Hey, we had a guest spot. That was great. Yeah, we almost had another guest spot, but they quickly sneaked out. They did. They did. They scurried. We had a scoundrel (laughs) after the scandal, and we had a scurrier. We did. But, Paul, as always, thank you for joining me. I know it was a, it was a little heavier of a show this week, but, I mean, who else is going to talk about this stuff? Like ESPN? It's, you can't ignore it. You can't it's ignore it. But, you know what? Next time I see you, I promise I will not make you a pina colada. I will come with daiquiri ingredients, and I'll, I'll make you one that will feel better than back medicine. Okay. That, I will a, allow that. It's a pretty ballsy statement by me. It is. Is it going to be better than my scotch? It's gonna. It's gonna be tastier. Probably won't knock me down like that does, but. Oh, oh, I'll make sure it does. All right. I tastier is good. I, I try. But all right, that's the guarantee. That's been the show for the week. Again, Paul, thanks for joining me. Everybody else, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe, and check out all the other great shows on Twelve on Sports. My name is Greg. Paul, as always, is with us, whether it's halfway through the show or for the full show. This week was the full show. It was very nice, Paul. I like getting Paul 100% of the time. Yep, my pleasure. I always enjoy it. But again, that's the show. Thanks for joining. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Keep positive vibes that sports are all coming back. And when they do, again, my bookie. Go check it out. Trovon Sports, promo code. My name is Greg. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week. The sports sports dance.